Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. Hey everybody, welcome to Rooted Deep. This is Reba and Allison, and we are excited to be back with you today. And uh, today we are celebrating Allison's birthday. Now, the day this airs, okay, will not be her actual birthday. But if you want to send her a little birthday love, feel free uh, because it'll be late, but it'll be still good. But the day we're recording this today is Allison's birthday. So happy birthday, Allison. or dinging uh, if all my little devices are blowing up because I'm getting some nice messages already. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I mean, it's it's just, you know, it's nice to be, what, 35 again? Yeah, it's, it's nice to be 35 again. Uh, hopefully, I'm starting to not look 35, obviously, because I'm not in it's been a while. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to celebrate. Um, and I know that Lisa's birthday was just a few days ago. And so we're yes. already, I know we're a few days, we're a few years out, but we need to already start planning our 50th. So I know um, it's, we have it's, a little while, but. I know, well, I, I tripped that one a couple years ago. So, yeah. uh, so that's okay. But yeah, so we're, we're, in, we're in the prime, Allison. That's what it is. It's the prime of our lives. That's, that's what they call it. Right now, this morning, when I crawled out of bed, it felt like the prime of something. I'm not really sure. I needed to be primed, I think. So anyway. I know. It's one of those things that I'm like, things are hurting that aren't supposed to hurt. I'm making noises that I'm not supposed to make. And if I do, if I get a workout in, it, it's... Um, I don't know. I think there's there's things that are hurting that aren't. I mean, whatever. And it's just yeah. that age. It is 47. If anybody's asking, I'm just I'm turning 47 today, and hopefully it'll yeah. be a good day. I'm planning to. I'm hoping I'll be able to get lunch at the beach, but I don't know if that's gonna. That would be nice. That'll day. be nice. I know the, the fact that I'm about eight years ahead of you and Lisa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hear you guys say stuff and I laugh and I'm like, yeah, I I, okay. I remember I remember that. Just wait till this. Wait till right. I'm like, I don't know. So. Oh, it's good. Well, um, well, you know, we love you and uh, you're such a, you know, a huge part of people love you on the podcast. And I know everybody wants to say happy birthday to you. So on behalf of everyone who listens to the podcast, happy birthday today. I, I will not that. sing. I did sing earlier to you, I though. Sing I did. Earlier and I, yeah, before we got on and you don't have to you don't have to sing again. But sometimes Thank Reba you. sends me funny songs. Yes. Um, but today she actually, I mean, you know, it's like you had practiced a little bit. You had warmed up your voice. It was yeah. it, it yeah. nice today. Sometimes yeah, it's I've, a funny song that I'm just like, oh, I roll, you know, but I know. like I just closed my eyes and enjoyed it today. So yeah, it's just a genuine, this was a genuine uh, heartfelt happy birthday. They're, not, they're all heartfelt. They just, <laughs> you know, sometimes you just have to incorporate voices, yeah. uh, which I think kind of, you know, kind of flatters the birthday right. song, you know, so yeah. sometimes it's the singing Italians. Uh, sometimes it's the rappers, sometimes it's opera. I started this when, when my nieces and nephews were little, 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 little. And, and I would ask them, which birthday song do you want? And they would start to say all this crazy stuff. And I would try to come up with a voice that matched what they wanted. And thus, and thus birthday songs in different genres began. So yeah. Now today was a little bit more uh, singer songwritery. Um, yeah, yeah, I kind of had that. It, so that was sure, had that little. Yeah, all I needed was a little guitar and a stool, and I've been. Yeah. I, 
little, a little lighter. I would hold up a lighter because um, it was very go. nice. But um, so, and so I think that's probably why you're allowing, because uh, when, when Reba and I talked about um, what our next few podcasts were going to be, I was like, Nehemiah, please, Nehemiah, Nehemiah. And I'm jumping up and down. And she's yeah. like, and so I think this was, she, yeah, this is her gift to me and letting, letting me talk about Nehemiah, because this is one of my, I, I love going to this book. And we talked about it yeah. last week, the prayer of Nehemiah and how much I enjoyed that. So Thanks for giving me my birthday present and letting me talk about Nehemiah. Oh, no, you know, it is. It's such a great book, you know, and uh, just last week talking a little bit about Nehemiah's prayer and uh, confession and just who God is. And all, I mean, those are huge truths that we unpacked last week. And if you missed that podcast, go back and catch that uh, because we're encouraging you to read through the book of Nehemiah with us. And although we're not going to take the time um, in the next, in every podcast to cover every verse and every chap, you know, from every chapter, but I would encourage you to read through. So we encouraged you, Nehemiah 1, last week, um, you know, chapters 2 and 3, uh, we're going to kind of cover today a little bit um, as we look through at Nehemiah has, he saw, you know, so for those of you to catch up here. He's, yeah. he, he realizes that there's a remnant of people that are back in Jerusalem and the city is just in despair. There's no walls. It, they're burnt down. It looks bad. His heart is broken over that because he knows the sins of, of his own people have caused this. Mm -hmm. So he goes before the Lord. He confesses. He prays. He says, God, you're the only person that can redeem this mess that we've created. And you right. promised that you would yeah. if we turn back to you in obedience. And that's what we're doing. So God, give me favor. Because we, we found out that he's the king's cupbearer. So he is, he's got an important position yeah. uh, with the king of Persia mm -hmm. and uh, King Artaxerxes. And so now we get into chapter two and we understand now why he is prayed for favor because yeah. now he's got something that he wants to ask the king. Yeah. But he's trying to figure out what's the right timing. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, uh, I think, don't you think timing in your ministry? has just been so important um, because I have found in my own, I get ahead of God yeah, or I get yeah. behind him and yeah. the right timing is the right timing. Right. And I, you know, and that, that cannot be stressed enough. Sometimes we want it when we want it and, and we don't understand when all the preparation that goes into it. And, um, and, and, and we don't understand that it does take our heart to be prepared. It does take actual preparation um, but then it, God's timing is he's, he's not only preparing us, he's preparing the paths around us. Um, Psalm yeah. 139 is a perfect example of he goes before, but he also yeah. comes behind and backs us up as we're living this life um, yeah. on this earth. And he's, his presence is always there. And so it's not like he shows up and we're like, oh, dude, you finally showed up right on time. And it's like, right. no, his presence has been there has been there preparing us this whole time. And then there's times that, that he actually shows himself like, Hey dude, now's the moment. And we, um, and, and so we're seeing this because we see uh, several months have passed since Nehemiah found out about, uh, about, yes. um, the, you know, the remnant and the danger that they're facing and the, and the wall and the shame that they're, that Jerusalem is facing and several months have passed. And his, these months are spent not only in prayer and fasting, and mourning, but it's also, there's also been a little bit of preparation we're going to talk about now. There's several months of just waiting for, like you yeah. said, the right moment. And, yeah. and the moment is here. Yeah. And I just think, you know, as we start off, because I know there's, there's somebody listening, uh, maybe you are at that position right now where maybe there's a conversation you need to have 
maybe there is a situation that you need to speak into or step into yeah. and timing is important. Yeah. And so maybe right now you're, you're like, Oh man, I can really relate with Nehemiah because mm-hmm. I've got a situation right now in my life where timing is important. And so boy, today's lesson is really for you. We would encourage you go read this because there is just that waiting on the Lord. And there's so much in scripture about, you know, uh, Isaiah talks about they that wait upon the Lord and God will lift you up. He will strengthen you in that moment. And so waiting on God is a hard thing. It just is because it's like you said, Allison, I want what I want and I want it now. Yeah. Uh, I see how important it is. Yeah. Because I mean, I struggle with microwave popcorn uh, because it's like, okay, you know, it's that first minute when it's doing nothing. And I'm like, okay, is it working? You know, yeah. what's going on in there? And then all of a sudden, pop, 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 pop. But, you know, it, there's this impatience that I think all mm-hmm. of us have, especially when we want something done. Right. Exactly. There's an impatience to get it done. And so we do see this patience on Nehemiah's part mm-hmm. as he continues to pray before God. And then God shows him the right timing. This is, yeah, this uh, is the moment. Yeah. Yeah. He shows him this is the moment. So we, we step into chapter two and we see that it's in the month of Nisan. It's the 20th year of King Artaxerxes. And when the wine was before him, because he obviously is the cupbearer, yeah. he said, I, I took up the wine, I gave it to the king. And now I had not been sad in his presence. So he's letting yeah. us know that he's not going into the king every day, putting on a show, hoping the king's right. going to yeah. realize he's got a problem. So he's not been sad in the king's presence. Mm-hmm. He's, he is, he's going through life normal. Mm-hmm. And uh, verse two says, and the king said to me, why is your face sad seeing you're not sick? Mm-hmm. This is nothing but sadness of the heart. And Nehemiah realizes that he has revealed something he wasn't mm-hmm. intending to reveal because right. he said, then I was very much afraid. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think it I think it also shows the relationship that the king has with Nehemiah and the and the, the closeness of being the cupbearer. Um, you there are certain people you can hide your feelings from easily. Um, yes. but then there are certain people that are in tune and this, you know, this could either be the closest of their relationship or it could be now God has like has, you know, kind of nudged yeah. the king a little bit to notice, okay, now's the moment. And, yes. and, and, and the king finally, the king says, Hey, wait a minute, what's wrong with you? You're not normally, this is not your right. normal persona. And, and it was obvious. Okay. Uh, Nehemiah was caught off guard a little bit. Cause it was like, Oh wait, what now? What? Uh, and well, so, yeah, yeah. And also too, you know, these historically, if you study the relationship mm-hmm. that King had with the people who worked closest for him, these people were always to be cheerful in front of the king. Yeah. They were always to be positive in front of the king. Uh, you were never to go before the king right. with your own personal problems yeah. or your own yeah. stuff. So I think this explains why DMI was very much afraid. Yeah. Um, he His job was to show up every day to serve the king's drinks, whatever that might be, yeah. in a happy, cheerful, everything's great kind of thing. And suddenly yeah. that's not what's going on. Um, so we see this immediately Nehemiah in verse three says, Oh, King live forever. Um, and then he takes that as that sign and he just pours his heart out. Why should Mm -hmm. my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Yeah. Uh, so immediately he says, this is why I'm brokenhearted over this. It's got to be too much. I can't handle it anymore. You know, it's, how could I, how could I be anything but sad? Because this is yeah. the reality of what's happening. 
Um, yeah. But I think the king, the king, okay, so what are you asking for? I mean, the, the immediate, and this yeah. is where you, okay, God's in this because first of all, the king notices us, you know, the slight, the sadness that yeah. Nehemiah was trying to hide. But he also is like, okay, so what are you asking for? What are you requesting? And then Nehemiah again just prays. Oh, this is so important. Yeah. Just stop for a minute and pray because he's like, I'm in trouble already. I'm not supposed to be sad in front of the king. So let me pray one more time. And then. Because you know, yeah. I have to confess a little bit. Sometimes I pray before. Yeah. And okay. I ask the Lord for favor. Yeah. And then the moment comes. Mm-hmm. And I, and this wherewithal of Nehemiah in the moment yeah. to breathe that prayer one more time before God yeah. and say, okay, Lord, here we are. Give, and I don't know, you know, what we, we learned what Nehemiah's prayer was in chapter one to God, but in chapter two, we know he prayed, but we don't know what he said. But I yeah. imagine that he was like, okay, Lord, give me the right words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Help me to present this well. Mm-hmm. And I just think in Praying before a situation is so yeah. great, mm-hmm. but praying in a situation yeah. is also so great, right? Yeah, exactly. Because it calms, I, you know, I think it calms us down and re and refocuses our perspective, refocuses, um, instead of jumping right in, it really, I feel like it refocuses, uh, yes. what the purpose is and, and kind of getting back to, and even mm-hmm. Ross talked to us about this when we we're, when we were talking about conflict, interpersonal conflict, and taking a moment to breathe. The pause, uh, yeah. Yeah, just taking a pause. Well, that pause needs to be in our in our life. That pause needs to be a prayer to mm-hmm. say, okay, I need to, you know, get my thoughts together. Because normally, and and um, you have told me this, and Janice, Ross's wife, has told me that she's been on the podcast before, because we were talking about, you know, okay, how to ask or how to present the ministry and everything. Yeah. She me, she's like, sometimes you tell a few too many jokes. And I'm like, so I'm like, well, I need to remember to replace my joke with prayer. Cause sometimes my jokes is just like trying to calm myself down yes. and I, it would be better for me not to joke as much. It would be better for me to pray in that moment of, I don't know what else to say. So instead of inserting a joke here, I'm going to, I'm going to bring prayer and, and, and move on. Um, so yeah. that's, that's one thing that is, I think is really important praying during the situation or during that, that moment um, is so important because then after that prayer, he launches into quite a very, you know, just start to start to finish um, organized requests that he, he kind of had ready. No, absolutely. And I think so many times, especially when it's a hard conversation. Yeah. Um, I think many times we pray about that hard conversation, Lord, open that door, give that right timing. And then the timing comes yeah. and we panic instead of pray. Yeah. And we're like, oh, nothing. That's all right. I'm fine. You know, I'm fine. And Nehemiah could have really shut this whole moment down mm-hmm. by just saying, oh, King, you know, I, I'm fine. It's no problem. I'm sorry. And and took what he'd been praying for. God opens yeah. the door. And instead of stepping into it prayerfully, he panics and closes the door again. Yeah. And I, oh man, I can relate to this so much mm-hmm. because your nerves or your, you know, right. your fear of how they're going to respond um, kind of kicks in. Mm-hmm. And so, man, when we pray and ask God to open a door and then God does open that door, we, we need to pray in those moments. God, give me boldness to say yeah. what I know I need to say. And obviously that's exactly what Nehemiah did because he steps into, man, if it pleases the king, uh, and if I found favor in your sight that you would send me. So now he's asking to be sent away. Yeah. Um, send me to Judah. To send rebuild. Me at, yeah. and, and I want to go back and rebuild mm-hmm. these walls. 
And um, so here's the king. And now we learn not just the king, but now the queen is sitting beside the king. We learned yeah. that. Uh, so the question next comes, how long will you be gone? Yeah. Right? In other words, it's a yes, but let's just let, let, you know, let's start planning. And I think that's interesting because, again, this is this is what Nehemiah has asked for. He asked for favor in front of the king. And that's what, that was his last, if you remember from last week's podcast, that last yeah. thing. And if you grant me mercy in the sight of this yeah. man, which is the king. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's coming all of a sudden the king is like, okay, how long are you be gone? Um, you know, and, and then he's got these organized and this is what that time in waiting and in yes. prayer was not wasted in just, just praying and being sad about the, the, the moment. It was a time that he was able to kind of organize what could be done because when the moment comes, he's got, he kind of has a plan already. He does. He's got this, he knows how long he wants to be gone. Yeah. He's able to answer that question. And so the, you know, verse six tells us it pleased the King to send him when I had given him a time. So he knew the answers to the question instead of sitting there going, uh, I don't know how, I mean, how long do you think, what would, what do you think would be good? You know, uh, let me get back with you, you know, uh, yeah. no, you know, and so he knows how long he wants to be gone. And then what it, yeah. he goes a step further. He's not just asking to be gone, but now yeah. he's going to ask for the king to yeah. actually give him some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And so now it's like, because he knows as soon as this happens again, that organization, and this is one of the things, this is why I always go back to Nehemiah. Cause sometimes when people ask me what I need, I'm like, I have no idea. Well, did I waste the time that God has given me to prepare or to be in that waiting moment for what, what we need and how we need to be organized and, 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 and prayerfully. And this is one of the things that, um, when, when we do have a problem and the Lord begins to prepare our heart through this type of prayer time, there's some actual, there's some, there's some prep time that, that needs to take place or some organization that needs to take place. And so he needed letters. Um, so that he could pass through that he needed letters of, yeah. you know, basically like, like, um, like visas and residencies and custom things. And as a missionary, trust me, where we constantly have to go through these right. you know, this bureaucracy of, and I'm like, I wish I had a King who could just rubber stamp everything and just let me go through everywhere. Um, and, and uh, not only paperwork and, uh, you know, and yes. customs forms, but also, um, timber for the beams. I mean, he knew yeah. what, you know, Timber for the beams and the fortress and, 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 and he already knew what to ask for. But again, I do believe that that had, that was God in those months of prayer and preparation. Yeah. And it's interesting that he asked for, and, and I think this is so, it's, it's important as well. It's just these little mm-hmm. teeny notes that yeah. you think about. He, he yeah. asked for beams for the gates of the fortress of the temple. Yeah. So he asked for the wall of the city. Mm-hmm. But notice that he also asked for beams mm-hmm. for the house that he would occupy. Yeah. So he's got a plan not only to fortify the the, the temple itself, mm-hmm. the gates, and to fortify the walls, but he knows he's going to have to have a place to live. Yeah. And so he's also asking that he could have a, a place built and yeah. for him to live in. And so he's got a plan all the way down through. And I think sometimes, you know, we're quick to ask for the fortress, for the temple, and yeah. for the walls, but we don't, but we don't ask for ourselves because, well, you know, I. I won't ask for myself, but that's important mm-hmm. um, because he's got to have a place to live during this time. He's yeah. got to have a place to be able to operate out of if he's going to accomplish this. And so he asked for all of it. Right. 
Yeah. And it's gorgeous because the king granted him what was asked. And I love it because in the last part of verse eight, it says, and the good hand of my God was upon me. Right. Nehemiah understands that the king is saying yes, but it is God who's behind the scenes uh, giving him favor and and pushing the king in the right direction, which is so great. Yeah. And then, you know, when we come to when we come to verse nine, all of a sudden we find out that Nehemiah is not traveling alone. He's yes. got people, so the king has sent with him, our, you know, officers of the army and horsemen. And so he's got a, like a little bit of an entourage going on mm-hmm. because that's how, that's how deep the favor was um, and that, that God had prepared the king's heart for. Uh, and so he's, he start, he's headed back to Jerusalem. He's planning to be there for a little while. In verse 10, he, is, he's talk, he has a little bit of, uh, of some conflict. He already knows. He already knows yeah. what he's going to come up against. And we're going to be talking about those guys later because it's just, it's interesting, but it's very, it happens today. Still, we talked with Ross about conflict resolution and Ross could have done a great oh. job with it, with a sit down with Nehemiah and Sam Ballot and Tobiah, you know? <laughs> but, oh, you know, and, and here's the thing. I think anytime you do something for God, yeah. don't assume that every road is going to be smooth and paved and it's wrong. Assume you're going to run into obstacles. Assume that you will. I mean, because that is obviously you have the devil who doesn't want God's will accomplished. So he's fighting back. But then you just also, you know, the world, we live in a broken world. And to, to, to go out kind of with these sugar plum ideas that just because God's behind it and it's his will means it's all just going to be smooth sailing. Yeah. I think it's where a lot of people derail because they think, but God, I thought this was your will. Well, God, it is his will, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be hard. It doesn't mean yeah. it's not going to have struggles and trials in it. It doesn't mean that it won't be difficult along the right. way. And I think that's hugely important um, for you to remember for those, maybe somebody listening today and they're like, but I thought it was God's will, you know, that, that, that we stay married and make this thing work. And it's like, yeah, but God didn't say it was going to be easy to reconcile or it was going to be easy to walk these days forward or whatever your situation may be. Everybody's going to be happy about your decision 100% of the time. No, no, because we'll find out later. These guys had their own agenda. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Nehemiah's very presence Mm -hmm. was, was hurting their plans and their agenda. Um, and so there's always going to be people out there with a different agenda Mm -hmm. and that's just kind of part of it. Um, and we are, like you said, we're going to talk about that uh, Mm -hmm. next podcast Yeah, because he mentions them, he mentions them in 10, but then he kind of goes back to, he's like, no, this is happening. But in the meantime, um, I was in Jerusalem for three days and, and he, and so he goes in the middle because his job at this moment is just to inspect. It's just to kind of see what. What's because the issue? He's heard, he's heard the, he's heard what it looks like, but now he's got to, he's got to see what the true, what the true, um, yeah. what's needed, you know, the, the, the plan, he's got to have a plan. So he goes at night, he takes a couple of guys with him and, and he just goes around the gates and just looks at what needs to, you know, and where that, where the walls are broken down, um, what the, what's happened, mm-hmm. the fire and, and, and he has to inspect all that because he really needs to know how to create a plan. So again. He's just doing this as quietly as he can because, and I don't know how many times we get in front and we're like, Hey, this, we're going to do this. And where this, this is going to happen. I'm going to, I've got a plan for this. And everybody's like, how are you going to do it? I have no idea, but I'm still going to do it. Instead of those quiet moments of prayer. Yeah. 
planning, inspecting, organization. I think Nehemiah is just a brilliant book for anybody who wants to start any project, whether it's a, you know, whether it's a home project or whether it's, I mean, just take a minute, you know, and make a plan, inspect it, you know. Um, So I love just the organization because I, I myself am not organized. And so it's nice to always go back to Nehemiah and say, somebody go like organization's biblical, planning is preparing is, is what God does, you know? And I'm like, Oh, okay. Cause I think, you know, sometimes people like me are like, I'm not organized. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a mess. I'm a hot mess. And I like to say that, but it's like, well, um, maybe God wants to change that about you. And so this is, that's why this part of the the, the book is super convicting for me. Well, and you know, I think noticing that his wisdom in how he goes about it, he he says a couple of times that no one actually in the city actually knew exactly why he was coming. They assumed he was coming to check on the welfare of the people, Mm -hmm. um, but they had no idea that he had a plan Mm -hmm. to rebuild these walls. And so he's going out at night while everybody else Mm -hmm. is asleep in bed. He's going out and it appears he goes out several nights here. um, And he, he walks around and like you said, to figure out what all is needed. Um, And he said in verse 16, (laughs) the officials didn't know that I had gone and they didn't, yeah, they didn't know what I was doing. And I had not told the Jews or the priest or the nobles or anyone. um, Or even the people who were going to do the work. Yeah. 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 I I didn't, I hadn't shared with it. And sometimes there's such wisdom in that because I think in, in zeal, sometimes we just want to throw out the whole, you know, we kind of want to throw up on people and and lay it, you know, this is, and sometimes People aren't ready for that. And, and I yeah. think sometimes in the wisdom of God, we need to have a better understanding of a situation. You know, Nehemiah hadn't been living there. Yeah, yeah. He just showed up. Right. And I think sometimes I've seen this happen in ministries through, through my lifetime. Some new person shows up and has all the answers. Right. And the people who've been there in the trenches are looking at them with eyes rolled going, okay, I don't know who you think you are. And I don't know where you think you came from. But why don't you get here for a while before Mm -hmm. you start telling how many, what all needs to be changed. And I think in this situation, Nehemiah is really wise in that he's doing his homework behind the scenes uh, to try to understand. He still is clear on what God wants him to do. That doesn't negate that, but he's taking the time, I think, to really get an assessment of what the problems really are. Right. So that now when he speaks, mm-hmm. he can speak into the actualities of what is there and not right. into what he assumes is there, but he hasn't seen for himself. Exactly. And so when it comes to verse 17, this is chapter two, verse 17, yeah. he finally talks to everybody um, and, and he, he tells them, you know, obviously the trouble we're in, Jerusalem lies in ruins, the gates burn. And, and he tries to, he starts gathering to come, yeah. let us build the wall. And then he told them how much favor God had already shown. So he kind of gives a personal testimony as he's gathering and kind of getting them excited about the project. He, he goes, at, goes ahead and tells them what all God has already done in preparing. Um, yeah. He says, and, and I told them of the hand of God that had been upon me for good and also the words of the king. And yeah. so he's like, listen, we're not alone. It's not, it, this is not. And, and I think the, the important thing to realize there, and I've, and I've said this so many times, my own personal testimony, I never wanted it to be just little Allie, the American missionary out in front doing the work. I needed, I needed to, I needed to tell people it's so important to know how God prepared, not just me, 
but God prepared other Dominican women in our church to step into because yes. it's so important to say, I'm not the savior here. I'm not the hero. I'm not going to cause this problem. I'm not going to, I'm not going to solve this problem. I'm going to show you how God has already yeah. worked toward this and it's his job and it's his, and it's his project. And we're just going to get to go alongside. And so when they hear that, their first response is, let us rise up and build. And yeah. I, they, you know, and so, but I think his testimony to what God and the King, how God had already shown favor through the King, through the King, then they knew, Hey, it's not just Nehemiah coming and tell us what to do. This is, this is God's yeah. work. Absolutely. And there's this, this is team. This is team idea. You know, come let us do this. We're going to do this together and it has to be done. You know, there's so many works that cannot be done solo, Mm, you know, Um, and God calls a team of people to come together. And sometimes those teams of people, you know, I think of us, Allie, because we we hear this a lot from people um, where people are like, you know, I would expect you guys to kind of be in competition or like there would be, you guys wouldn't be for each other. And yet that's not true at all. Um, and so I think there's this, even sometimes as we are in it together for the sake of women, we're in it together for the sake of the kingdom. We're in it together for whatever, um, you know, that we, we help each other, you know, um, we're on the same team and we work together a lot to accomplish a goal or a, a purpose or a, a you know, a, a task that needs to be done. It's like, okay, two hands are better than one, eight hands are better than four. Mm-hmm. So how can we join together and put right. the power of our resources and our, and the power of our, you know, whatever it is together to accomplish what God's called us to. And so I think that there's this idea of, you know, we can work together. Yeah. Listen, exactly. You know, y'all are here. I've been here. I've got access to things you don't have access to yeah. because I've got the ear of the king. Yeah. So I have lumber and I have things I can mm-hmm. access. So I can bring that to the table. You guys can help with all of the things that you know because you've been living here. So let's 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 do this together. And you, it's like you said, they get excited about this. And like, okay, let us. Now you, they're yeah. using that same yeah. right. terminology. So let us rise up and let us build this. And then I love this phrase. So they strengthen their hands mm-hmm. for the good work. Yeah. Um, so, you know, again, there's this pre- concept of preparation here. Right. Yeah. Um, we don't know what all went into strengthening their hands for the good work, but there was obviously some more planning, some more preparation, some more organization. Mm-hmm. There, There is this now, all right, let's do it. So what's next? What, and what yeah, do we need to next? do? Yeah. And we, and we look at what do we, you know, like you said, what do I have that I can contribute? What does, you know, what do these people different? Like I have this talent. We all, and we've done these, you know, we, we talked about strength finders a few, a few yeah, weeks yeah. ago in the podcast. And it's like, what do I bring to the table or what, you know, how can I use my gifts and talents for this good work? And everybody's different because everybody in the new Testament, it talks about um, you know, the gifts that, that the spiritual gifts that we have, and we're all one body and mm-hmm. there's arms and there's legs and there's eyes. And there's, there's, you know, there's no one more important piece, important piece than, you know, than the other one. Um, and, and so that's, that's a part of preparation. Everybody had to strengthen his own hands for that work and whatever was in their hands. Um, you know, and so you see, again, he mentioned Sam Ballot and Tobiah, we're going to see them later on, but they start, they already start mocking because they're like, okay, yeah, whatever. And so at the end, um, uh, at the end of chapter two, Nehemiah says, you know, he's talking to them. He's like, back off, you know, um, I'm just, I'm just like, 
putting in an alley version. He's like, back off. You're not going to be part of this. That's fine. God of heaven has told us he will make us prosper. And, uh, and we, his servants will arise and build. And so he's like, he's really kind of putting them off. Like just, you're no part of this. You're not going to have any piece of this. You're, we know who's behind us and it's God. And so he's kind of like move, trying to move past these, you know, these daring, but we'll see them again later on. And it's really, really funny. Um, Yeah. Because you've got, no, exactly. Because you, Sam Ballad is, is, is he's, he's defined or described every time as a Horonite. Uh-huh. So he's not a he's not Jewish. Right. Then you've got Tobiah, who's an Ammonite, who's always been an enemy of the Jewish mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Geshem, who's an Arab. And so you've got, you know, three men in this particular setting, all yeah. three, none of them, none of them Jews, none of them, this is not their home. Uh, but right. this is an area obviously that they have great interest in and that yeah. they don't want these people to rise up and to create. Uh, restore and redeem this place and right. so um you know again he he's firm mm-hmm. uh and and he addresses the opposition um that look the lord is in this and god yeah. is going to do this and i i think there's just as we get into the next podcast and talk about the opposition to the work yeah. which there always is i i think when you when you've been with God in prayer and you know what God wants you to do, when you've right. waited patiently and you've planned on the timing of God, when you've watched God open doors and windows in miraculous ways that mm-hmm. you could have never dreamed. And now when you're actually got your foot on the soil right. and you're actually starting the work, it, you, there should be, should be a confidence at that yeah. point in your right. life where you're able to say, you know what? I know this is not going to be easy, but the, I've got a confidence. God has led me. I've walked through all of these places and I've seen the hand of God work. And so now there's this confidence that I have that God is going to continue to do the work. You know, um, I think of that with, you know, with where we're sitting right now Mm -hmm. um, with Guatemala, you know, I, we watched, we prayed, we, Mm -hmm. we, we saw God do this timing thing over and over again. And then we saw him do miraculous, give us miraculous favor in so many places that so, you know, now we've had a lot of, I'm going to call them bumps in the road. Yeah. Uh, we've had a lot of pauses and places mm-hmm. that we've been waiting on the timing of God and yeah. waiting on, okay, when do we start? What do we do? What's next? Things that were out of our control. But it's been one of those things where, okay, we're, we're co- our confidence is growing. It's not shrinking, yeah. but it's yeah. growing because we know God is in this. And so I think for whoever's listening, you know, when you step into something that you see is broken and needs redeeming and you've prayed over it and you fasted over it and you've begged God for it and you've watched God begin to work in it and he's beginning to give you favor in it. Don't, don't back, don't, don't shrink back when the opposition begins to come as we're going to talk about, but be confident and realize you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there, there's a there's a group of people that are excited about what God is getting ready to do, mm-hmm. and and Nehemiah is excited, and so you know, yeah, it, it can be difficult at times, but what's so cool is that all of the planning, all of the praying, and all of the miracles that God has done so far are getting ready to to blossom. Things right. are getting ready to start moving now in the right direction, and now is a time for courage, confidence, yeah. bravery. Yeah. Now's the time to and say, hey, you know what? Let's and hard work. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Uh, and that is always a part of change. 
Yes. And, you know, and it's, it's one of those things that you think about as we, as we move along, we think about, you know, the struggles are, but you always have to go back to the original. And, and we say this to missionaries that struggle in the past that have struggled with either contentment or have struggled with illnesses here on the, on, on, on the field or have struggled with, sure. you know, different, different difficulties here on the field. And, it, and, and, and you want to say, go back to the call on your life to be a missionary and go back to the God of that call. Don't, don't be distracted by how horrible the traffic is, or don't be distracted by how hard, how hard it is to live here. Don't be distracted by the person that you've been trying to disciple has fallen, has fallen away, or don't be distracted by your own interpersonal conflicts with somebody else. Because you, if you, if you go back to that God of the call and the call on your life, then, then you will put your hands and strengthen your hands to the good work because those distractions will always be there, um, yeah. but making sure that you go back. And I think chapter three just kind of just gets some momentum because when Nehemiah ends chapter two, he's like, you don't have a part of this. We're going to build it because God's behind it. And here's right. what happens next. And in chapter three, it's just a list of everybody who got involved. Yes. Um, and it's, you know, and here's what they did. And, and so you just start listing them. Um, and yeah. we're talking about priests. I think it's interesting that when you mm-hmm. think of a high priest, you think of a guy just kind of swinging some incense um, in the temple. But <laughs> it starts with it starts with the high priest rose up with his brothers and they built the they built one of the gates. And yeah. so you know, and you you think about who was involved in the building. It wasn't just just the builders. There were a no. lot of people. Um, and it's cool because involved. these priests built the sheep gate. Well, the sheep gate yeah. is the gate where the sheep were led in. Yeah. to come to the temple to be slaughtered, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. you you know you've got this connection mm-hmm. um to to this gate yeah, and they and consecrated yeah. it and they set mm-hmm. its doors and you know so as you read through here I think it's cool yeah. that that God allowed Nehemiah to write down mm-hmm. the people that were a part yeah. and uh of this and the people that were brave enough yeah. And the people who had courage enough, it's almost like a Hebrews 11 listing, yeah. right? Yeah. It's kind of the Old Testament listing of, okay, here, here's these people who, who had a part. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's these people who ha- were brave and had courage and who, yeah. who had a vision for what God could do and wanted to do. Um, and I'm so glad to know that in my own life, I've got a list of people who I could say have joined me alongside Mm-hmm. of me in my life, either personally or, you know, or spiritually or in yeah. ministry where, and have helped us get things done. But I just think all of us have to remember that we are, you know, we can't do this alone. We don't right. do this in isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, we do this as a people and God's called us to such a huge task. You know, you were mentioning the missionaries a while ago, God has called us to this huge task of reaching the world. Mm-hmm. And reaching the world today is maybe as hard as it's ever been. I don't know it, if it's harder than it's ever been, but if you're, if we're going to reach the world, mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot of hard work and discomfort and a lot yeah. of, of, of difficult things. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, where are, where are the wall builders? Right. Exactly. Where, yeah. Where are they? And, and what are the, um, it's, it's just so interesting when we look at people, like you said, who have helped us throughout the journey of our ministry, who have come alongside at specific places and making sure that they, that they understand that they're part of the team. And, and, and we try to do that continually. And the different list of people, um, who were not, 
uh, who were, you know, people who make perfumers and goldsmiths and yeah. women, um, somebody, you know, exactly. they're like, I love this, this guy and his daughters built, uh, you know, got up and built, you know, yes. built one of the, one of the gates. And I think it's awesome that God, number one, uses everybody and he rejoice, you know, that that's what, that's what a team, that's what teamwork mm-hmm. is. And so, um, it's just a wonderful list of people who just got up and they, and they did, so they each did their part and it came together in a beautiful way. Yeah. So many different gates and so many different sections of walls, um, that had to be, that had to be built. Yeah. And you know, a lot of times it's mentioned that they, they built the section in front of their houses or they built mm-hmm. the section that ran along in front of their areas. So, yeah. you know, it was everybody saying, Hey, I'm going to jump in and do the part that that is in front of me to do. And yeah. I, you know, I think for all of us, I, there's so many times in my life when I've, I've, I've looked at a task in front of me and thought, I don't know if that I'm equipped to do this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is what was in front of me to do. Mm-hmm. And I love, you know, the idea, I don't know what's in front of you today that you guys are yeah. listening. I don't know what's in front of you to do today. What is it that you feel like, yeah, Lord, I don't know if that I'm equipped to do this. And yet it's the thing that God has put in front of you to mm-hmm. do. Um, and as we just pray and say, all right, Lord, you can help me. You can give me wisdom. You can help me accomplish this task because um, it's important and you've put it in front of me to do. And, I, you know, I, it's a journey. Yeah. Whether you're rebuilding a family mm-hmm. or you're rebuilding a marriage or you're 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 rebuilding your yourself spiritually um, or whether you're repairing a relationship that's been destroyed over time. Yeah. Or you're starting something new, a new ministry, a new endeavor, a new business. All of it takes time, work, yeah. and effort, and prayer. But I want to encourage you today mm-hmm. that there are a lot of people who start who never finish. Yeah, yeah. And there are a lot of people who get overwhelmed by, like like you said, they're overwhelmed by this huge task. But yep. if they take whatever piece is in front of them, or yep. like God, you know, when God told Moses, what's in your hand? Yeah. Use what's in your hand and, 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 and take it and don't get overwhelmed because God sees the whole picture and he's yeah. put something in front of you. You know, maybe it's a conversation. You're like, I can only have this conversation today. Or maybe it's just kneel and pray and ask him. Um, or maybe it's like you said, just, you know, if it's stepping into a Bible study or stepping into, you know, discipling somebody, um, you see this, if you see, and that's what we tell people all the time, they get so overwhelmed by sometimes we give these numbers of, you know, of human trafficking, we give these ridiculously yeah. high numbers or um or statistics that just seem so overwhelming yeah but if one if one woman helps another woman today or if one woman reaches in right. to volunteers at a safe house or volunteers at a foster home or or, or something like that you're mm-hmm. doing what god has put in front of you if you you know encourage somebody at your church um yeah. you step into a bible study those are things that in the big picture make such a huge difference no, absolutely. And, and it's taking those, those, just those first steps, you know, um, a lot of times I want to see the full picture. And I think there's probably people out here listening are like, well, God, can you show me the whole plan? And sometimes God doesn't show us the whole plan. Right. Uh, we would quit if he showed us the whole plan. Um, but what he does is he says, okay, I'm going to show you just, just what you need for today. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of times people, you know, uh, you know, call or reach out and everybody, I don't know what to do next. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. what is the next thing? Yeah. You know, you don't have to, sometimes that we get this grand vision of what we believe God wants us to do, but we, but the only way we get there is just a step at a time. Yeah. And so, uh, be encouraged today. Uh, walls don't get built overnight. Gates don't get restored. Redemption doesn't happen sometimes quickly. Yeah. And so 
being able to say, okay, what's the step I need to take today? Mm-hmm. What's yeah. in front of me to do today? Yeah. What, um, what is it that I could do today to make, to, to help us take a step forward and yeah. whatever it is, what, you know, whatever that it may be and watch God bless that step. Yeah. And, and watch him then give you be, he'll be faithful to give you the next step and the next step. And then the question is, will we be faithful right. to show up every day mm-hmm. and do the hard things with courage yeah. and with bravery? And, uh, you know, there's that great quote, and I'm trying to remember who said it, maybe Roosevelt said it, mm-hmm. um, but it, it is that those that step into the arena, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's the, it's the courage of the man who, or the woman who steps into the arena. And I think that, um, that is such a great quote because, um, I, you know, I think that it is the bravery of us to step into the arena. And a lot of us, you know, need to step into the arena, uh, and say, all right, Lord, you know, what is it that you need me to do, uh, today? What is it that I need to, how do I need to be? Um, But it is, yeah, I just looked it up really quick. It is the Roosevelt and it was, it's called the man in the arena. Uh, So I just quickly uh, Googled it here on my computer uh, to make sure I had it right. But let me, I just want to give you this because I think this is good as we close out today. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Uh, It's one of my favorite quotes. And I think it has so many biblical applications because God has called us to something. Right. And, and when he calls us into this, we're going to have critics. We're going to have people to point out our faults and our failures along the way. And it is getting, it's just getting up every day and stepping into that arena and striving. And some days we get it right. And other days we don't and we blow it. And yet God is there. He's faithful. The one thing Roosevelt doesn't mention is this, the faithfulness of God that underlies Mm -hmm. what he's calling us to do and who in the end, I think we can watch, we bring right. glory to himself as a result of our lives. Exactly. And, um, and so I, you know, I hope today's an encouragement for somebody out there who's listening and who says, you know what, I've got a task God's called me to. I've got a, a, a redemption work that needs to happen in my own family, in my own life, wherever I'm at. And I just need to set my hand today to the yeah. work. Yeah, I just like, like you said, I have to look at what's before me, what God has placed before me and do that thing, do yeah. that next thing. And sometimes that next thing is, is, is sitting down, reading the Bible, praying, 
And, yeah. you know, if you have not done that today, that's where we say rooted deep. Stop. That's where, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. That's the rooted deep part. Cause some of us, uh, you know, like to float around and not get rooted. Um, and we go from thing to thing to thing, but that rooted deepness keeps us. And, and that's where, that's where the fruit, um, you know, brings forth, uh, we bring forth fruit in its season. And so take the time today, study, you know, study the chapter two and three of, of Nehemiah. And then, um, next, next week we will be talking about this opposition and the critic and, um, and the proper response. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for joining us today on the podcast. We hope you'll continue to join us, continue to get rooted deep. And for right now, get rooted in Nehemiah and see what God teaches you. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.